It's the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. Another glorious week of broadcasting excellence. Lauren Holbert is in the news. She was caught getting those titties squeezed in the lot. No, not in the library. <laughs> in a theater at night. Somehow somebody knew that there was going to be a, a doting couple, Lauren, Lauren Hobart and a gentleman. Uh, they were going to be in a theater. It was going to be dark. And this person just so happens to video them with some kind of night vision camera. So that's the first thing that's odd. The second thing that's odd is there are rumors that Lauren Hobart is dating a Democrat. So this guy could, in effect, be a Democrat honeypot, which I would not be surprised with in any way whatsoever. And if it is true that there is a Democrat honeypot uh, pursuing Lauren Hobart, then it makes perfect sense that somebody would be in the same theater with night vision cameras to video them at their exact spot, groping one another and pitching woo in the dark. Uh, oh, and also vaping. Now, at the same time, supposedly, she was kicked out of the theater for vaping. And being from Colorado, she tries to play dumb, stupidly. And she says, I don't even know what vaping is. How do you not know what vaping is if you're from Colorado? That is the, possibly the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I don't know. What dabs are? I'm coming from Colorado. I don't know what hash is. I'm coming from Iran. <laughs> she got caught. That's it. Nothing more to it. Get over it. At the same time, all the people that are outraged about Lauren Hobart's uh, uh, hanky-panky in the theater really got to grow up. I mean, if you want stories, old Chris Michaels can tell you a few stories from his past that would probably make you blush. But uh, please, who cares? Now, it really does matter if this person that she's squeezing is a Democrat honeypot because they're in there to uh, probably try to get information from her on all of that. But otherwise, who gives a flying F? And speaking of flying Fs, how did an F-35B stealth fighter go missing? Now, the story was from over the weekend, somewhere over South Carolina, there was... An F-35 that had the pilot eject. Now, the F-35 was on autopilot, and that F-35 never crashed. This brings us to a very, very interesting possibility. Now, the first thing is, is why did the pilot eject if the plane is on autopilot? And if the pilot ejected, there must have been some kind of situation in that plane that forced the pilot to eject in the first place. Now, what kind of situation must that have been? But the problem here is there was no crash. It became so bad that the Joint Base Charleston tweeted out, we're working with whatever, to locate an F-35 that was involved in a mishap this afternoon. Oh, a mishap. That's what we're calling it. The pilot ejected safely. If you have any information that may help our recovery teams locate the F-35, please call the Base Defense Operations Center at 843-963-3600. So here's the problem. How much do each one of these planes cost? How much have these planes cost in the development stage? So we're looking at a total cost. It is $140 million. $140 million. 
per aircraft. This aircraft just disappeared. Now, if you remember Donald Trump talking about this aircraft, he said that these planes literally disappear. It's not that they disappear from radar and you can't find them. They quite literally go invisible. That's the first thing that you've got to realize. The second thing that you've got to realize is that these planes, just like a lot of the drones that the Americans use, probably don't use regular type of fuel. They probably use some kind of hybrid technology, but more than likely they're using plasma drives. In other words, this plane probably has literally an unlimited fuel range if you start to go digging into what plasma drives could do. If not unlimited, then it's a very, very extreme range that this plane could fly. Okay, so that's the other thing you have to worry about. Who's the pilot, right? Who is the pilot that ejaculated? <laughs> Who is the pilot that ejaculated from this airplane, these F-35? <laughs> anyway, Newsweek says the F-35 could likely travel hundreds of miles without its pilot. Historically, an aircraft without a pilot can fly a long way on autopilot, said uh, Frederick Mertens. From the Hague Center, a military analyst. Now, so here's the other problem with all of this. There's something with the F-35s that is going to probably disturb you. This is called emergent properties. And emergent properties deal with artificial intelligence essentially making its own decisions. So if you're starting to look at AI and you're starting to realize that this plane is probably involved with artificial intelligence, along with the pilot, envision the concept of an AI as a teammate in action. One needs only to look at the F-35, a combat aircraft's effectiveness by pairing it up with battle drones that function as an autonomous wingman. Working with drones enhanced with AI, the aircraft can amass information at speeds beyond human capabilities. This makes the movement through the observe, orient, decide, act loop with speed and allows it to react in milliseconds. So there is something. When your teammate is a machine, eight questions, CISOs, C-I-S-O, should be asking about AI. So the other part of this is that Joint Air Power Competence Center had an article, Artificial Intelligence, Human Symbiosis in Fighter Aircraft. During ADT, several AI projects faced off against one another in a dogfight tournament. The winning AI then went face-to-face -face against a real human being. So what are we getting at here? We're getting at the fact that the F-35 incorporates artificial intelligence on how it's operated. And now we've got a pilot that somehow ejects for no reason. Then this plane goes missing. And then there are rumors that this plane has landed in Havana, Cuba. Now, I don't know if those are true. That's why I call it rumor. I would think that's a far stretch. However, given the range of the plane, given what we're dealing with now in the Ukraine and retali retaliatory strikes from Russia and so on and so forth, and espionage tweaking, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that is the case, especially since a lot of the hardware that goes into these kinds of planes come from Asia. Now, we all heard those headlines that Russia is starting to put 
in bases in Havana. China is in Havana. We've got Havana Syndrome. If you don't know what Havana Syndrome is, it's where a bunch of people were getting really, really bizarre headaches and migraines and dying from some kind of electromagnetic frequency. The government, the U.S. government, clearly says, oh, no, this is all fake. It can't be real. It's, it's, it's nothing. There's nothing here to look at, so don't look at it. Um, but there's obviously something going on. So if you want my two cents on the whole thing, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of electromagnetic frequential device that could hijack the F-35 off the coast of the United States. And somehow, some way, somebody forced this pilot to eject. Now, I don't know if this pilot did it himself. In my theory, the programming or the hijacking system of this F-35 was so good that the pilot did it not because he wanted to. It was a random event from the pilot's perspective. In other words, whoever hijacked that plane and hijacked its artificial intelligence forced the pilot to eject on their own volition, right? The next thing they did is that they hijacked it and they flew it either out to sea or they flew it to an airport uh, of some kind, maybe in Havana. If it's flown out to sea, expect to find Russian recovery craft out there to make sure that the F-35 is scooped up out of the drink. In my humble opinion, I think this F-35 was hijacked either by Russia or China, and it is a message to the West. Don't think that your technology is going to be able to compete with us because we just hijacked a $140 million fifth-generation fighter, borderlining on sixth-generation, and your equipment is garbage. If you think what we're doing in the Ukraine is bad, just wait until you try to unleash NATO on us, and we'll hijack your whole weapon system, and then you'll be left with nothing. That's what my opinion is on all of this. Uh, but moving right along, now we've got this headline coming out. ABC News, Wall Street Journal, all of the top mainstream media outlets, they are now promoting what they call Nipah virus, N-I-P-A-H. And this is coming from India. Now, why is this important? Well, you've got a whole bunch of people trying to get Nipah rich. And the second most important thing here is that India refused to get these mRNA shots. So right out of the gate, they did not meet their 2030, the UN 2030 agenda, population reduction targets through mRNA. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're trying to unleash this Nipah virus. Now, if you look into the Nipah virus on ABC News, they claim that the fatality rate is anywhere between 40 and 75 percent, and they're referencing the CDC's own website. Remember the population of India before I'm going to read the intro paragraph. India's southern state of Kerala is currently facing an outbreak of the rare but potentially serious Nipah virus with at least two deaths so far. Now, I want you to remember what I said. We've got India. And what is the population of India? It is, in fact, 1.4 billion with a B, B as in boy. And they are drumming up the headlines for two deaths out of 1.4 billion people. So you know immediately 
that this is probably the next version of fear porn. They describe Nipa as a zoontic disease, meaning it's primarily found in animals and can initially spread between animals and subsequently people. And people can become infected, according to Diana Finkel, hmm. if they have close contact with an infected animal or body fluids. For example, the fruit bat saliva on a fruit and then it flies off and that person eats the fruit and so on and so forth. So what's important about this is that we are now seeing the reference to bats. If you go back to 2016 and earlier articles, you see that there are people out there saying that it comes from pigs and somehow the bats bit pigs or something like that. And then wouldn't you know it? Uh, the pigs are now spreading it to humans. Gavi, do you know what Gavi is? That is the Bill Gates-backed, essentially, uh, vaccine non-governmental organization that basically pays the World Health Organization to implement its own recommendations. In other words, Gavi is Bill Gates' money-making laundering scheme in order to enforce his draconian medical, quote-unquote, advice across the planet. The next pandemic, Nipah virus, this comes from Gavi.org. Nipah virus can kill as many as three out of four people it infects, since the fruit bat that carries the virus often comes into contact with humans. We explain the potential dangers. And so this article comes from March 15th, the Ides of March, in 2021. And you can read in here and how they go about what they consider a threat and how it's a pandemic threat. And it's a high pandemic threat. And they go into how it's spread in the incubation period and symptoms, which, by the way, include comas and uh, acute respiratory infection. Huh. You don't say. And encephalitis, which is inflammation of the brain. Also fever, headaches, myalgia, vomiting, sore throat, dizziness, drowsiness, altered consciousness. Wow, we can get high off this. One in five people who survive develop seizure disorders and experience personality changes. So they're now hyping this Nipah virus up to no end. And if we go to, what is this, uh, back in January of 2016, the Center for Food Security and Public Health Institute for International Cooperation in Animal Biologics and so on and so forth, uh, they came out with a report that discusses what the incubation period is all about, what animals can contract this thing, how they diagnose all of this. And uh, what you find out basically is that what you are essentially dealing with is something that sounds remarkably like COVID. And you also discover, thanks to the NIH, RNA viruses, RNA roles in pathogenesis, coreplication, and viral load. That this kind of thing, this Nipah virus, is also found in, essentially is, is considered an RNA virus. So doesn't this sound remarkable? You've got an RNA virus that goes into the system, and this RNA virus manipulates the DNA and the RNA. Huh, what did we have injected into us over the past two years that does just about the same thing? And what happens is, is that you have now an RNA virus in your system, and they've come up with all kinds of wonderful ways to combat against it. And RNA viruses, for your reference, include orthomyoxoviruses, hep C viruses, Ebola, SARS, influenza, polio, retroviruses, human T-cell lymphoviruses, 
tropic viruses, and human immunodeficiency virus, otherwise known as HIV. Now, we've discussed this plenty of times on here, where COVID and the mRNA shots that we were forced to get create basically VADES, vaccine-induced human immunodeficiency viruses. Look at all the symptoms. People's immune systems are demolished in much like the same way HIV and AIDS demolishes the system in the human being. So we've got this same kind of virus. We've got the same kind of basically way the virus gets into the human being and it manipulates the body in just about the same way as the injections do so what are we getting at here are we in fact looking at a nipa virus are we in fact looking at some kind of virus that was engineered or are we looking at a adverse event situation on such a massive scale that it is almost impossible to avoid. And they need to point the finger at somebody else, some other virus that doesn't involve the mRNA injections that emit the same kind of symptoms over a long-term period. In other words, a long-term adverse event situation. So all of the people out there that took these viruses, uh, these injections, and they said, well, I, I don't have any side effects from this injection. It's been two weeks. No problem whatsoever. So uh, obviously the vaccine is safe and do what you can for other people. And even if one life is saved, then that's good enough for me. I did my part for society. Well, the problem is, is that long term adverse events could literally show up years later. I am one of those individuals when I took the MMR vaccine in the, my college years. I developed a very, very bad reaction to certain foods, but it took two years for it to develop. So don't tell me that this isn't the case. But luckily, thanks to the NIH as well, NIH launches clinical trial of mRNA Nipah virus vaccines. They did this, oddly enough, on 7-11-22, July 11th, 2022, and they released this. And they're going through clinical trials, evaluating and investigating vaccines to prevent infection with the Nipah virus. My goodness, what are the odds that somebody would have out an mRNA shot that goes against the Nipah virus? It is extremely staged, and it is extremely hackneyed. Now, what you have to do, too, is look into some uh, medications that they try to use, reference the words that they use in those medications to combat RNA viruses and things like the flu and so on and so forth. Because what you'll find is that there are natural remedies that do the same thing that these drugs do. And if you do enough research, because I'm not going to pronounce those words, everyone out there knows how bad I stumble, fumble, and slovenly trip over all of these scientific and biological terms. Um, I will just sum it up for you. All of these viruses, these RNA viruses and flu viruses and so on and so forth, the drugs that they give you, if you were to look for those components in its natural form, do you know what you have to do? You have to eat like a guinea. And I don't mean, oh, I got uh, sauce from a jar. No, I mean you have to eat like a guinea. You have to use garlic, onions, sage, 
turmeric, and even cinnamon. All of those types of plants are the best remedies for viruses such as these RNA viruses. All the pharmaceutical companies did was extract those components, put it into a pill, mark it up by, I don't know, 10,000%, and try to sell it back to you and make the insurance companies uh, pay for it hook, line, and sinker. So what is my advice? Do not buy the Nipah hype. It's a whole bunch of people trying to get Nipah rich. And what you have to do is eat like an Italian. Learn to use sage. Learn to use onions. Learn to use garlic. Learn to use turmeric. And enjoy some cinnamon, and you will be fine. Another podcast this week is coming up to you tomorrow. It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. As always, you can like me, find me, share me. And look for me later in the week with Greg Bolden. Be lovable and be that gorgeous fuzzball I know you all are.